Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. And indeed it is fur day, Friday here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. You can always catch us streaming worldwide if you get the WABC app. Tell your friends about it. We are here. You are there. But if you want to be here with us, uh, all you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Of course, last night, Joe Biden addressed the nation. Now, a presidential address for somebody like me is a big deal, or it used to be anyway. I mean, you say the word presidential address, I'm in front of the television. And this has gone on in my life, I must tell you, from the presidency of Richard Nixon all the way up through Donald Trump. I didn't watch the presidential address last night. I figured I'd read it and, and read through it and, because there was a choice last night. I hadn't seen the latest installment of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then there was the presidential address. So on one hand, I kept saying, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. Other hand, Joe Biden. And Obi-Wan won. Because it was, and I just figured it out. So we do have some sound from Joe Biden last night, and let's go through them rapid fire so we can get it out of the way, please. Hit cut one. Let's hear him. This is not about taking away anyone's guns. It's about vil- not about vilifying gun, o- gun owners. In fact, we believe we should be treating responsible gun owners as an example of how every gun owner should behave. I respect the culture and the tradition the concerns of lawful gun owners. At the same time, the Second Amendment, like all other rights, is not absolute. Do you believe that? Do you believe him? 800, he respects you, you people that own guns. Yeah, he has a lot of respect for you. (laughs) He loves you. He's not going to take your gun. It's other people's guns that we wear. Anyway, let's go on to cut two. This isn't about taking anyone's rights. It's about protecting children. It's about protecting families. It's about protecting whole communities. It's about protecting our freedom to go to school, to a grocery store, to a church, without being shot and killed. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let us continue. Here's something else Mr. Biden said to you. According to new data just released by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, guns are the number one killer of children in the United States of America. Not COVID? The number one killer. Not COVID? The CDC, yeah, there's a bunch of trustworthy folks. Let's go ahead. Let's listen to the next cut, please. More school-age children have died from guns than on-duty police officers and active-duty military combined. Think about that. More kids than on-duty cops killed by guns. More kids than soldiers killed by guns. Okay. 
And then there's this one. Go ahead. We should reinstate the assault weapons ban and high-capacity magazines that we passed in Congress and the support of law enforcement. Nine categories of semi-automatic weapons were included in that ban, like AK-47s and AR-15s. And in the 10 years it was law, mass shootings went down. But after Republicans let the law expire in 2004, and those weapons were allowed to be sold again, mass shootings tripled. Those are the facts. Yeah. And then this. It's time for the Senate to do something. But as we know, in order to do any, get anything done in the Senate, we need a minimum of 10 Republican senators. I support the bipartisan efforts that include small group of Democrats and Republican senators trying to find a way. But my God, the fact that the majority of the Senate Republicans don't want any of these proposals even to be debated or come up for a vote, I find unconscionable. Funny thing about old Joe, he doesn't find it unconscionable that Chuck U. Schumer killed off a Republican plan to help make schools safe. No, 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 that's not unconscionable. Why Democrats, why they do everything right, and Republicans, they're the ones standing in the way of everything that needs to be done to save the children. Except it's not true. And Joe Biden knows it, and this is politics as usual in Washington, D.C. Now, there are some Republicans right now that are speaking with Democrats, and we shall see. Perhaps, perhaps a few of them will come to some agreement as to what is going to be done. There was a congressman, uh, Montanaire, from New York. He's from New York. In fact, he's involved in this race. I think he's running in the same district with de Blasio. And this guy was just, just off his rocker yesterday. There's a story about that. It's either an American Wire or Bizpack Review today. And you can actually hear his lengthy diatribe. In fact, we'll probably play it tomorrow as part of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And then there's Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has spoken up. Your former senator, our former vice president, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary Clinton says no one actually needs an AR-15. So now this woman is prepared to tell you, the American people, what you need and what you don't need. That's what she tweeted out. No one actually needs an AR-15. This is not the first time Mrs. Clinton has taken a position against guns that runs counter to the fact that she spent many, many years of her life living with the peace of mind that comes from being protected by good guys with guns. And that is exactly right. This story today is in Breitbart. Hillary's nobody actually needs an AR-15. There's a story in People Magazine from a few years back where Bill and Hillary, Bill Clinton's talking about the fact they hired private security to look after Chelsea during the terrorist attack days. So you see, they can hire private security. And Lord knows what those private security agents were carrying with them to protect 
to protect Chelsea. But you, ladies and gentlemen, you peasants don't need those same kind of guns because your lives, frankly, are just not as important as a Clinton life. Hillary Clinton has also gone on record, she says, and this is ironically, hysterically funny to me, that Vladimir Putin has, quote-unquote, almost Masonic belief in himself. She actually spoke those words. That Putin has an almost messianic belief in himself. This woman, who believes she was the one, the smartest woman in the world. She's the one smarter than anyone else. She's the one that's going to lead America. She's the one who tells you, you don't need guns. You don't need yours. But she's protected all the way to the hilt, even now with Secret Service protection. And finally, speaking of Hillary Clinton, something related, we have learned, there's a Washington Times story, that the FBI, our wonderful FBI, has a personal workstation in the Washington office of Perkins Coie, the law firm that is the Democrat Party law firm deeply involved in the Trump coup attempt. And the FBI has a little office of their own right in the office with Perkins Coie. Isn't that cozy? What does that tell you? Of course, it's hard to dig out what they're actually doing over there because you, the American people, don't need to know, just like you don't need your AR-15. You don't need to know. Don't worry about it. We got this. We can cover all that and more on the telephone today, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. I am so looking forward to talking with the Princess of Policy, Diana Me. It's Friday, so the Princess of Policy will join us shortly. A few things that we have to discuss with her. There is a piece of legislation that passed in New York that to me is one of the dumbest things that this New York legislature has ever done, and that's saying a lot. A milestone environmental measure designed to tap the brakes on the spread of cryptocurrency mining operations burning fossil fuels in New York has passed the state legislature. The rest of the world that's smart, there's a big conference going on in Austin There was of cryptocurrency. There was another one in Miami. Even in California, they're opening their arms to the new cryptocurrencies. They're opening their arms to bit to to uh to the new technologies that come from blockchain based algorithms. But here in New York State, the environmentalist wackos have convinced the legislatures, no, 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 get rid of crypto. Get rid of any new business. After they lock the state down, after they throw so many New Yorkers out of business, here they come trying to please their environmentalist wackos. And so they want to shut down the crypto business in New York. These people are insane. These Democrats who run this state are totally insane. And there's more evidence of how insane they are when you start looking at the crime records, the crime stories from this week. The rapist, the rapist from the Bronx waited for a woman outside of her place 
Christopher Martinez has been arrested, the alleged rapist, accused of following a woman out of her Mott Haven apartment on Tuesday, leading her at knife point to St. Mary's Park, where he brutally raped this 38-year-old woman, then stole her wallet. Well, he's been arrested. And guess what? He's 19-year-old. He's 19 years old. 19 years old. And apparently he had tried to murder someone else last week. He tried to murder a man last week, according to police. But guess what his police record says to us? 19 years old, 19 prior arrests. And he's out on the street raping an innocent woman after last week trying to murder someone. This is New York. They want to throw out cryptocurrency. They want to make it tough on American business owners here in New York. Oh, no, no, we can't have legitimate businesses. But we can have these criminals roam the streets. These repeat criminals. This is getting tired, folks. Every single week, every single week, Every single week without fail, we get one of these stories from somebody who should be in jail. This is the Democrat Party. WABC Talk Radio 77, New York and worldwide on our app, the WABC app. Go to WABCradio.com to pick it up. Princess of Policy, Diana Mee, coming up. Don't go away. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Bo Snerdley on 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdley. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Rush, Rush. Billy Preston brings us back. WABC is Friday. WABC Worldwide in Time. For our very own Princess of Policy, Diana Me. Welcome, Diana. How are you this lovely Friday afternoon? I am so happy to hear your voice, and I love that song. So thank you. Know, you me too. <laughs> oh, by the way, folks, I had the greatest interview this afternoon with Al Demiola, the guitarist, the virtuoso from Return to Forever from so many, many exquisite albums. More on that later. He's going to be in the city next week. He's performing at the Blue Note uh, between the 7th and 12th of June. So you can look it up, get your tickets wherever tickets are sold, Al Demiola. And we'll be playing a snippet of that interview tomorrow. The rest we're going to do is a podcast. It was an amazing interview. Diane, Princess Di, I have to ask you this. We are now five weeks, anywhere from four to perhaps six weeks away from the Supreme Court ruling Many expect that if they haven't lost their nerve, we might be looking at the end of Roe versus Wade. Finally. Um, the liberals have not have it's died down a little bit, but not much. Every week there's another panicked article, more nonstop panic of this is the narrative is that, oh, this is only the first. Now there was a column in the Los Angeles Times. Basically, the author of the columns Okay, what's the encore? What are these 
conservatives going to do after they finally get rid of Roe versus Wade? What's next? Are any liberal sweeping rulings safe from these people? And I was stunned. I was stunned because it's as if as if once a liberal makes a ruling, it's supposed to last forever. But how dare a conservative have the gall, the gall to look at a liberal ruling and decide this is crap. Well, the interesting thing about this to me is that clearly they have not ginned up the fury that they've expected. And I've mentioned that before, that um, the Virginia race, the governor's race, uh, it was supposedly going to be a big issue, and it ended up not being a driving voting issue. And I think that that's the case here, because the left's entire argument seems to be, well, it's not going to stop there. It's going to be other things. They are piling on in their imagination fictions of what indeed is coming next, because the thing itself, getting rid of Roe v. Wade, is not upsetting enough people. So that is the liberal mindset, and they do this with almost everything. It doesn't matter what the thing is, they change it. This equals that. Law and order equals racism. Uh, If you have a no-grooming kindergartner's law, no, that don't say gay. Criticism of any Democrat means you hate strong women or you hate minorities. They change what the thing itself is and translate it into something else. So in this case, it's not in their mind enough to basically focus on the issue of what it means if the legal decision is goes against Roe v. Wade, but indeed, what is the horror, the hell that's going to hit them next, which, you know, it's all made up, like this column that you sent me. Everything he says is not true. You know, he basically says, well, you're getting rid of the right to privacy, so therefore, (laughs) boom, 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 boom. You know, so in their minds, it can't just be the thing itself. And I think it's because liberals really have a habit of mind where they do not look at the reality in front of them. It has to be something else. They have to have a deception or a lie attached to it. I mean, that's my thesis on liberalism. It's deception. And I love it. Now, I, the New York Times, I think, is looking for you, Princess Di. Um, oh? Yeah, yeah. They, they, didn't they publish something? Do you know someone who believes in conspiracy theories? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not saying, Your Majesty, that you don't wear a crown. I'm not saying that you wear a tinfoil hat. That is not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying, <clears throat> you and I have history knowing each other's positions on things. Like, I remember, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to. go into my past conspiracy nutism, please. Okay, I'll just. What do you think about no, the New York no. Times looking for conspiracy people? I think that is so fun. I absolutely filled it out. There is an article by a columnist in the New York Times that basically wants to know if you, the New York Times reader, knows any actual conspiracy theorists. And they especially want to know if someone has changed their mind and got their mind right and used to believe, say, you know, something that Trump said was true and now they don't. 
So they're doing apparently a whole crowdsourced piece. And so I, of course, filled out the form and I identified myself as a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and I basically said, you know, I once believed everything that was in the New York Times, but now I know. <laughs> on filling it out and they have not contacted me for some reason oh for some reason i love it now finally today and then you and i are going to rejoin forces tomorrow and have a more in-depth conversation well well two things um i want to get your reaction to the the biden gun control speech the, the clips that i played and hillary you sent me that story this morning um of the hillary uh there's no reason for any of you peasants out there to have an AR-15. Of course, we've been hearing this mantra from these people for decades. Do you think that we've reached any point now that things are going to end up differently? Or is this going to, this latest, and it will be, you don't even have to know what's in their bill. It will be an overreach. Do you think whatever they come up that's an overreach will actually make it through the Senate? Because people are emotionally wound with these with with these shootings and we all want them to stop yes we all want them to stop and i want to reiterate uh hillary's quote no one needs an ar-15 and the best response i've seen to that is it isn't the bill of needs it is the bill of rights and so the left constantly is telling what we don't need millionaires have too much money they don't need that amount of money and so they want to redistribute cash and rights and take from one and give to the other it isn't up to them thank heavens for the founders who we can rely on and in my opinion they are absolute our bill of rights is absolute i don't care what what joe biden may lie about Last one for the for this morning. The Politico earlier this week ran an article. They are this thing with Trump and these people that are finally lining up to take a look at elections in Michigan wow. and in other states. These people are frightened to death that this is actually going to happen. The Politico wrote a story. I think it printed out to be some un, unwieldy number of pages yep. full of fear. That in, and in fact, they say in this article that this has never happened before in America, where in you American actually have history. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like really. I think we should talk about it tomorrow in depth because this is a fascinating and very entertaining article. They really truly believe that only Democrats can commit politics. Only Democrats can in, be involved in the elections, and they cannot believe that Detroit, which is sacrosanct as far as being able to pump out votes for the Democrats, you're going to have actual Republican poll people who are, you know, officially part of the election process. They cannot believe that Republicans figured out a way to be part of this process and and to bring some balance to what has been a corrupt system for a long time. So I think we need to talk about Let's do that. And by the way, did you hear this did yeah. you hear the story that I read earlier this week? And again, let me caution it before I mention the headline or actually the basis of the story. Let me caution those of you media executives who panic over the word dominion. Okay? Did you the government the government has said there are problems with some of the Dominion voting machines. I know. It was shocking. I did hear you talk about it. And, shocking. And you're like, wait a minute. 
I was told, we were told reliably that this never happens. And all right. of a sudden, AP is printing it. I the, think they're trying to get ahead of some in, very damaging information. Okay, we have tomorrow. Princess Di will rejoin us tomorrow. Thank you, Princess Di. Always a pleasure. Can't wait till tomorrow. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We've got plenty of your calls coming up. 800-848-WABC. Don't go away. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly Rush on Rush. 77 WABC. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. The BGs bring us back on 77 WABC. Remember, you can download the 77 WABC app or go to WABCradio.com to stream 77 WABC worldwide. One of the most famous soundtracks in history from Saturday Night. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Boy, this was an amazing record during the disco era. Okay, so um, my amazing crew, yes, I use the word amazing a lot. My amazing crew, and they are, has just informed me that Peter Navarro is speaking right now about the committee, the January 6th committee. You know, he's been indicted uh, for contempt of Congress because he refused to surrender to this crooked, and I say crooked in quotes because legally they may be in at least technical compliance with the Constitution, but this kangaroo court handpicked by Nancy Pelosi who refused to let Republicans put their own members on this committee. This is a totally lopsided partisan witch hunt and Peter Navarro is fighting it. And I read a quote from him. He said uh, he, you know, that he served this, this country most of his adult life and at 72, 72 years old what he wanted to do was relax after all his years of service, but now he's being dragged in front of this, this, this corrupt body of Democrats who are intent on persecuting him. So he is fighting this, and he's fighting the charges. This thing may take years to resolve to its entirety, probably well after the Biden administration is long gone and forgotten, one would hope. <clears throat> Phones in a moment. I just want to call your attention to a column that was in the New York Times from Michelle Goldberg. And we can continue the discussion on this tomorrow, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. The Amber Heard verdict was a travesty. Others will follow. 
She begins this way, Michelle Goldberg, the verdict in Johnny Depp's defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard, is difficult to explain logically. The confounding part isn't that the jury sided with him over her. This is the country that elected Donald Trump, where the convicted domestic abuser Chris Brown is still a major pop star, where a man in Indiana recently won a local Republican primary while in jail awaiting a trial on charges of murdering his wife. Oh, no, this isn't surprising because of all that. The explosion of defiant, desperate feminist energy that was the hashtag MeToo movement has now been smothered by an even fiercer reaction. MeToo movement was a movement of women telling their stories. Now that Heard has been destroyed for identifying as a survivor, other women will think twice. And she goes on and 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 on. I, look, I didn't follow the trial. I have to, I didn't follow word by word Johnny Depp and, and, and Amber Heard. This wasn't the thing that was my number one interest. I glanced at some of the news stories, read a few of them. But my understanding is that this trial exposed her as having lied about a few things, and it also exposed the ACLU for having jumped in and and writing that op-ed that was placed in the Washington Post that apparently contained some falsehoods. So I look at that, and if that is correct, then I won't, what is this woman talking about? Are we supposed to just believe anything that any woman says? We go, are we back to that? Except if they're conservative, believe anything that women say all the time because women don't lie unless they're conservatives. That's the message that we're supposed to get from, again, if you watch the trial, if you know something I don't know, and that is very possible because, again, I did not watch this trial and I didn't watch the recaps of it every night as it was going on. It was just more entertainment nonsense to me, entertainment Um, uh, industry nonsense to me. But if you know something that I don't know, please let me know. If Michelle Goldberg has a point here and, and, and I'm looking at this all wrong, please let me know. I gotta hand it to Ron DeSantis. He was on our show two weeks ago. The governor of the free state of Florida. The Special Olympics bow to pressure from Florida officials and will scrap vaccination requirements for athletes at its event this weekend after the state threatened the game's governing body with a $27.5 million fine, according to a report. Special Olympics, they're having something in Orlando, expected to attract more than uh, 5,500 athletes from around the country. The organizers had initially required that all of them have to be vaccinated, but the governor says, no, you do not, not in Florida. There needs to be a choice in this regard. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said, let them compete. We want everybody to be able to compete, but, 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 you can't make people get vaccinated against their will. That is a governor.
Let us head to the telephones and speak with Mike in Middletown, New Jersey. Mike, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. This is Bo Snurley's Friday Rush Hour. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well, James. Nice to hear your voice. Hey, uh, regarding uh, Joe's uh, reasoning that no constitutional right is absolute, maybe he can explain to us why he was he and his fellow Democrats were having a cow when a leaked Supreme Court opinion came out saying that they would overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, after all, no, no right is absolute. And it's even worse because that right actually isn't in the text of the Constitution, unless, of course, you have invisible ink. But it, it's just <laughs> insane. Mike, what an excellent point. Very well stated. The, the right to privacy that was found by the Warren Court <clears throat> for Roe v. Wade is not actually in the Constitution. It was an inferred right. And so if no right is absolute, Mr. Biden, why doesn't it apply to Roe versus Wade? Great point, Mike. Thank you. Let us go to Joe in Freeport, Long Island. Joe, welcome. You're on WABC's Friday Rush Hour with Bo Snurvy. How are you, Joe? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just a couple of words about this Texas school shooting. I happened to uh, at one time work for a school and retired. It, it appeared that the killer easily scaled a five-foot fence and gained entrance to the school through an unlocked rear door. All exit doors are usually locked from the inside, but can be opened by a panic bar in case of a fire. Classrooms are locked and can only be opened from the inside doorknob or a key from the outside. And my question is, was the rear door panic bar disabled so the door could be opened from the outside? That can happen. There's a special key that holds the panic bar in and releases the latch. Uh, there's, there's been sparse information about this so far, so I, I don't really know. But I know that since I used to buy these, this door hardware. The front fence should be kept locked. It should be monitored via a closed-circuit TV, and a security person should be able to remotely unlock it only after verifying the person by ID, by an ID card reader if they're attempting to enter the schools. What we really need here is uniform standards throughout the country, and the schools, whether the federal government funds this or however they do it, but the schools have to be protected. That's a multi-layered approach. So there was three failures. The front gate, the, the fence wasn't hard enough, the door was open, and they got into the classroom. Okay, uh, this so... This is where <clears throat> our efforts should really be instead of all of this uh, hysteria. So, let me, so let me address what I know of it, Joe, because you're absolutely right. Apparently the door malfunctioned and or was not locked properly. This is what we know. The early news reports, and I read some of those reports on the air, was that the door was left propped open and the killer just walked in. That turned out to be, this week, proven to be incorrect after further investigation. The door on the school had been closed by a teacher. It had been propped open by a rock. I imagine the rock was big in size enough to hold open the door. She, the teacher, and by the way, this teacher has come under a lot of grief. And she's saying her life has been made miserable by the misreporting of this by the news. She kicked that rock out of the door, closed the door behind her. For some reason, there was a malfunction and the door failed to lock. It was a failure. Now, you are absolutely right with the way that it is supposed to work with the classrooms being locked down. 
and I'm waiting to see, and I think we're all waiting to see what happened there. I am not as familiar with the 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 aspect of the fence as you are, but we do know that this killer was outside of the school for anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes firing a weapon and was not taken down by anybody before he gained entrance into the school. We also know this. The Democrats are on the warpath if any Republican or anyone with common sense like you are, Joe, says that we really should start talking about how to protect the schools against these intruders. They're saying, no, 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 we don't care about uh, hardening the schools. That's a diversion. The only thing we care about are the guns. And what you're saying, Joe, makes too much sense for them. This is true common sense. The Democrats say they want common sense reforms. I contend all along they don't have common sense. And common sense is exactly as you laid out. Let's make sure we have a multi-layered approach to protect the school and protect the children so that the gunmen or anyone intent on harming these children and teachers and workers in this school never has a chance to enter it and to unload a deadly attack. Thanks for the call, Joe. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurvy. It is our Friday rush hour. Make sure you keep it right here on WABC 77. Catch at Night comes up next. We are coming right back after this. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Bo Snurdly. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Rush. June 3rd. Rich, was that when the song was released on June 3rd? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. All I know is that uh, the government, the, the government, the governor, governor, our governor, David Patterson, told me that uh, today is the day that uh, this event happened. Wow. June 3rd. Somebody jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. I haven't heard this in. This is Bobby Gentry, right? And Mama hollered at the back door, y'all remember? Yes, and according, it was uh, number one hit back in 1967. Oh, and then she said, I got some news this morning. Remember, John Katz up next. Today, Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Well, then, there you go. On June 3rd. Uh, by the way, correction, and thank you to our very own Princess Di for this. Uh, Mr. Navarro, Peter Navarro, is not testifying because he is exerting executive privilege. And therefore, legally, he's saying he cannot testify, not because he is disputing the makeup of the committee. Thank you, Princess Di, for that. Appreciate it. Let us head back to the telephones. Anne-Marie, Allentown, Pennsylvania. How are you? Allentown, Pennsylvania. And the bridge. Hi How there. are you? Hi. Hi. It's so great to, to talk to you. It's amazing. Thank you Thank so you. much for all that you're doing. Thank um, you. I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say I love Rush Limbaugh. I cry like once a week. I still cry. Um, so I just want to say nobody's really talking about New York. I know New York citizens and New York, you know, even people on the radio, they're very still more to the left. Like, they don't really feel like law-abiding citizens should be carrying guns in, in New York City. It's hard I to do. get one when you live there. And it's a shame because, you know, why do we call the police when there's an issue? Why do we call the police? 
We call the police because the police can stop a criminal. And how can they stop a criminal? Because they have a weapon. And that's just logical thinking, which we know the libs don't do. But what really upsets me is the libs set the agenda. They set the tone. They set the moral standard. They dictate. They bully. They say, don't shoot that guy. You could shoot that guy. Don't do this. Do that. Don't say that. Say that. And everybody just abides by it. And I just really wish the police and their chiefs would start standing up. And there and is. Kind of push it back, you know? And Marie, thank you for the call. There is a column in today's Gothamist.com. And the headline, this is a fear column. An upcoming U.S. Supreme Court ruling in a New York case could mean more handguns in public places. Oh, no. And that is because these restrictive gun laws that you talk about in New York. And by the way, aren't they doing a heck of a job? New York has some of the most incredibly restrictive gun laws in the country. What does that mean? It means law-abiding people can't get guns, but the criminals, of course, have no problem because they don't abide by the law. And here's a quote from that story. If that New York law is swept away, it means a lot more gun carrying, presumably even in the five boroughs of New York City, never mind in upstate counties. Oh, good grief, really? It means that law-abiding people will be able to protect themselves. That's what it, that's what it means. Thank you so much for the call, Anne-Marie. Lisa, Boca Raton, Florida. You're on Friday's Bo Sterling's Rush Hour. How are you, Lisa? Wonderful. Better now. Thank you for taking my call. So I agree with Princess Di on her hypothesis regarding Dominion voting machines, and I would like to add that there may, the Dems may be preparing for a red wave in November, and should that happen, they'll blame Dominion voting machines so they can challenge the results and cause more havoc in our country. Interesting. Thank you for that take. Again, folks, and again, a disclaimer for all of the suits in the media world everywhere who say, don't you dare talk about Dominion voting machines. The Associated Press this week reported that the government cyber agency has found that there are potential flaws in several Dominion voting machines that could, in several states, that could lead to them being hacked. They didn't say that any were hacked. They didn't say any were hacked in the past. They said there's a, there's a dangerous flaw in some of these machines. And that's what Lisa's talking about. That is what Diana, uh, Princess Di was talking about, which I brought up earlier in the week. I read from the Associated Press. So breathe deep and calm down. Danny, Long Island. You're on Bo Snurley's Friday Rush Hour. How are you, Danny? I'm doing good, Bo. Every time I listen to you, I realize there's some hope for the world. So I uh, wish, wish I have a great weekend. But let me just say that since retiring from the police department, I was in charge of security on a couple of different school districts and it would address the public. And obviously, women, the, the people are scared for their kids and stuff. And at one point, I actually said to them, I listened to all these things about hardening doors. And I said, absent a squad full of Marines, it's a very sad statement. But absent a squad of Marines surrounding every school in America and every bus in America and every field in America where the kids are playing soccer or going out for recess, the sad fact is that a determined, insane person with a weapon is going to have a target. And there's nothing – we have to stop these people from getting – these people who are mentally ill who shouldn't have these weapons. That's where we have to go. We have to get them before they get the weapons. I don't need my rights impinged because they're crazy. That's, you don't take away my right to defend myself because somebody else is insane. 
But you have to have better mental illness, better guidelines. Register whatever gun you want. Have a little mental uh, capacity test, something. Some kind of a, but that's the answer. You can put as many cops in front of schools as you want. There's always going to be a weak point and a determined assassin. You know, the president gets shot. Uh, you know, Pope got shot. Someone who wants to be successful, it's going to be successful because they're criminals. We have to stop them before they get their gun. Okay, and everything you say, Danny, and thank you so much makes total sense. But I just want to give you one contrasting point of view a little bit, okay? And I've re related this story before. I've visited Asia a number of times. And when I was in the Philippines, in Manila and in other cities, here's what I noticed. At every, even sometimes minor stores, like there's some 7-Elevens over there, and the door is opened by a guy with a gun, and he greets you. The store greeter is a security guy with a gun. When you go into the malls, like I used to go into the S&M malls, huge over there, including the Mall of Asia, every single entrance, there's a guy with a, there are guys, not one, with AK-47s or with what, the, what our, our mainstream press here would call AR-15 style weapons, okay? When you go into the hotels, all of your bags are checked like you're going through an airline security check. With, I mean, the big, where the big bags are run through a conveyor belt, through the X-ray machines, and people are looking at each entrance. There is an armed guard. And in some cases, like I went to a Holiday Inn over there, beautiful, in Clark, and um, there's a guy with a bomb-sniffing dog over there. And they look, and, and the terrorist threat wasn't supposedly that high. This is just standard operating procedure. They have different lines when you enter the mall for men and women. They go through everybody, every woman's handbag. They don't do an invasive search, but it's, it's like we're going to know. And people get used to the security protocol. It doesn't take long to get in and out of places because people are used to it. They're prepared for it. And let me tell you something. You don't see these kind of incidents in places where people have hardened their security. So everything you said, everything you said makes sense. But I also think we need to start talking in this country about hardening the security at our schools. Our children are worth that. Look at all the billions of dollars we pour into education. Look at all the billions of dollars that we're pouring into these gender, uh, these gender classes now that are basically trying to sexualize children from kindergarten up through the time, the entire time they're in elementary school. Look at all the money that we spend. In L.A., remember a few years ago they spent enough money to get every child an iPad, and then a lot of them were stolen, and the money was wasted. Look at all these millions of dollars that come into these school districts. Do you mean to tell me we cannot afford to have security, real security, at each and every single school in this nation? And with access points into the schools controlled by somebody that is trained to deal with and take out criminals if the need arises. John Katz is up next. We're back with you for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. It begins at 7 o'clock in the morning. Please be here for that. Excellent interview with Al Demiola today. We'll play a snippet tomorrow. And as always... May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Until tomorrow at 7 a.m., 
Bo Snerdy, thanks for joining us on the Rush Hour today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.